Yeah, now the verse that you're talking about is, um, I'm not sure which one. There's a there's a verse that's written here called uh, Yogas Chitta Vritti Niroda. Um, there, there is a, I'm not sure if that phrase, Yogas Chitta Vritti Niroda, it's normally translated as um, yoga is the restraint of mental modifications. And so um, the challenge is um, to translate it <laughs> and understand it. Uh, you can say the, the word, the, the, the critical issues are, of course, what is restraint? And what is um, chitta vritti? Chitta vritti is the key. Uh, chitta is usually considered um, mental, um, mental process, mental con- contents of mental activity. Uh, niroda is sort of ending or cessation, which could be translated as restraint. Um, n- Yes, you see, if we put it into a Buddhist context, which I think is just fine, uh, awakening or, or complete liberation, in like you know, nirvana uh, or arahan, the state of uh, completed fourth stage adept, uh, complete and perfect enlightenment, is living in the deathless. Now, Gautama obviously was able to think and speak therefore had um, what we would call consciousness and mental modifications, meaning thinking, uh, based in consciousness, uh, but was considered liberated. Mm, uh, there are, it, it is not that um, mind activity, obviously, is no longer possible. It's that there's um, liberation from ignorance and grasping, which means there's no, there's no atta- there's no more um, uh, believing in the illusory. That's the ending of ignorance, and there's no more grasping or raga or thirst for becoming. These end together. So, um, grasping aversion and basic ignorance are associated with the ending of uh, desire or freedom from the thirst for becoming or the thirst for non-becoming or thirst, which is tanha in Buddhism. Thirst uh, leads to clinging, leads to the three poisons or grasping aversion ignorance. So there's freedom from thirst and there's freedom from illusion. That's the ending of ignorance and the ending of um, self-conceit, eighth fetter or ahamkara, self-hood, identity, or um, relative sense of self, and restlessness uh, that, that it depends upon. Now, <clears throat> yet there's still the, the free function of mind available. But it's a it's a mind that doesn't uh, no longer sees the 
impermanent as permanent no longer sees the insubstantial as substantial no longer sees the stressful as in, un, as as fine and easy or good goodly or comfortable so free from the three poisons uh, grasping aversion ignorance um, is free from thirst uh, thirst for sensuality thence thirst for becoming in mind thirst for non-becoming or, or dissolution you know ending of mind process or bliss or something those forms of thirst are gone and the believing in illusion or um, not perceiving not knowing the three marks that that ignorance is gone too meaning um, what is impermanent is seen as impermanent what is insubstantial is seen as, as such and what is stressful is seen as such what is it that is a, that is uh, associated with those three marks in what is you know what 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 is it in experience or how is experience based in the three marks meaning the fashioning of mind experience right we make our experience how is that um, a manifestation of uh, the three marks meaning it's impermanent all our experience is impermanent and insubstantial and stressful it's because it's based on <clears throat> uh, continued consciousness and um, samskara meaning mental activity like chitta chitta vritta chitta vritti or mental modifications meaning what appears to be multiple um, elements what appears to be sequential process in mind is over and so uh, that uh, it's uh, very much um, it, it's sort of analogous to Ra talking about uh, the difference between what, what, free, what real balance is now Ra talking about balance or you know initiation of mind-body-spirit healing and balance of mind-body-spirit or initiation of mind-body-spirit saying that you know the fully balanced entity has no emotional charge for the fully balanced entity no situation has emotional charge and Ra explained that that's not the same as being unswayed uh, or you know being uh, non-attached or non-grasping as emotional charge comes and goes it's no longer generating an emotional charge living unswayed um, it's it's no sway in mind which means no restlessness uh, now the first stage is to become um, you know to, to balance distortions the second stage is freedom from distortions arising and they're different and so initially the work is um, to you know internalize the polarity of your dimension when you find you know, when you find impatience, find the corresponding patience, which just means when we get stuck in something, uh, realize that we could be unstuck too. Or when we're stuck in anger, realize that we could have goodwill. Or stuck in sorrow means we could have faith and, and, and trust. Or stuck in fear, we could also have faith or, or confidence. Uh, but it's, you know, it's not that simple, of course. It, it's um, moving back to balance when we generate emotional charge, which is in distortion and imbalance. After that, eventually, there's no longer arising at all 
of emotional charge or distortion, uh, and that's akin to the cessation of mental modifications, which is different than the restraint of mo mental modifications. At the end of the path, it's, uh, one is actually free from consciousness and uh, mental modifications as well. You know, citta vritti could be seen as a, analogous to samskara, the fourth skanda. Samskara meaning fashionings, mental, um, cognitive, conceptual fashioning in mind. Mind fashioning um, a defined, you know, experience. Mind fashioning experience means by perception and conception we make a certain experience, right? Like I'm angry <laughs> or I'm sad or I'm confused or I have a path. <laughs> and so all of that fashioning uh, fabrications, um, volitional compounds, all of these are different words for samskara, for skanda. Uh, that is very much akin to citta vritti, or mental modifications, or um, activity of citta. Now, Nityananda, you know, I'm not finished with the path, so I can't speak fully to the end of the path. But um, the end of the path is uh, a cessation of all vritti, it seems to me. Meaning, there, just as there's no longer emotional charge even arising, it's not that one even needs to balance it or be okay with the stuff that comes up and make peace with your distortions and face your shadow. There's no more shadow. So first we, can, first we need to face the shadow. If we fully face the shadow, eventually there's no more shadow. <laughs> there's no more obscuration. There's no more clinging, grasping. There's no more emotional reactivity. Therefore, there's no place that, that obscures light. There's no, um, there's no object uh, uh, obscuring a free light passage. And so this, the crystallized entity uh, is translucent, uh, is fully non-diffractive, um, <laughs> uh, full regularization of the chakra energies of the seven, seven centers means um, there's no place for a shadow to form. There's no ignorance, there's no grasping, or no thirst. Thirst doesn't even arise. And ignorance, therefore, has no... Um, there, there's no blind spot. That, that of course, goes to omniscience, meaning uh, know-it-all, or, you know, all-knowing. Now, I'm not at that level, of course. So, initially... Yes, we need to love and make peace and accept and understand, right? It's all the same. Face the shadow. That facing means um, be willing to allow, feel the pain, see the truths, the bitter truths we don't want to, the truths that we feel are bitter, we don't want to face, to allow them to rise into consciousness and be aware of them. And the emotional charge that we'd rather not feel to allow it in the body, in the mind, visceral process and pain in mind to be as it is and then to increasingly accept it and understand it, take responsibility and move to forgiveness. Uh, that's just the first stage. 
that's uh, healing distortions or healing uh, eventually um, there's no longer an arising of all of that chitta vritti there's no longer um, even and Gautama was saying that all five skandhas are born of ignorance even consciousness is born of ignorance now chit could be called consciousness yeah you see there are many ways <laughs> to look at it okay There are many translations for these words, and the only one who knows the correct translation is somebody who is complete and perfectly enlightened, and I'm not. And so, you can say you have to be careful. You cannot say chit is consciousness, because here chit is is translated as mental, um, mental, mental process. Okay, so chitta vritti. Chitta vritti niroda. Chitta vritti, translated as mental modifications, you will find it another place translated as consciousness. In Buddhist view of the five skandhas, there's a difference between fourth and fifth skandhas, samskara and uh, vijnana or consciousness. Meaning, there's a difference between the fashioning activity function of mind, samskara, fabrications, volitional compounds, will-based, composite, fashioned conceivings, and consciousness, the fifth skanda, which is vijnana. And so if you call chitta consciousness, then um, where, where do we have, you know, what, what's the analog to, samskara, for, to the fourth skanda, samskara? So, you know, <laughs> be careful. But it seems to me that there is the activity and function of mind, and then there's the basic sentience of mind. And so the activity of mind is perception and conception. The basic sentience of mind is consciousness. Again, you know, everybody has their own view. So in my view, which is different than other views, uh, there is uh, function, there is the function of mind which is perceiving and conceiving, which is the third and the fourth skandhas in Buddhism. Perceptions of body, bodily sense perceptions, and mind activity perception, and the fourth skandha, samskara, which is the fashioning of mind activity, or mind activity fashioning, conceiving. Then there's the structure of mind, or the basic sentience of mind, or mind as a field um, that may be transformed, and that's consciousness but it's still a form of clinging or born of ignorance. And so at the end of the way, at the end of the path, there's no longer an arising of samskara and consciousness. So freedom, uh, you know, complete and perfect enlightenment in Buddhism is, is not a restraint of citta vritti. It's the, the cessation of the arising of citta vritti. There's no existence, there's no longer an arising of chitta vritti or mental modifications or mind activity but yes the Buddha could think and talk so what is that well all we can say is that for him that activity is different than how it would be for us uh, obviously you can say that he must have some mental activity if he's able to formulate teaching and speak maybe so I guess so but it would be more of, um, I would say, expression of gnosis, 
rather than fashioning of ideas. And so, but at the at the end of the way, um, mental modifications don't arise. Uh, conceivings or fashionings, fabrications don't arise. Emotional charge doesn't arise. And even consciousness is born of ignorance, so consciousness doesn't arise. And that's why sometimes we have the difference between the terms consciousness and awareness. But um, in Buddhism, uh, the, the last three fetters don't talk about consciousness. The last three fetters, the ten fetters, talk about the ending of self-conceit, the ending of restlessness, and the ending of basic uh, ignorance or avidya. Now, where's consciousness? Not there. Why? Because I think the idea is that with the arising of... Uh, the, that, that the formation of self-conceit, which is based on restlessness, is the nature of consciousness. Consciousness is intrinsically dualistic because it's intrinsically uh, indicative of the mind differentiating a subject and an object. I'm conscious of that. Like Ra um, has the consciousness of unity. They have, they're experiencing unified self. They're still fashioning experience. They're fashioning the experience of unity or non-duality or unified self because they're not yet free from fashioning. <laughs> they're not yet free from consciousness. They're not out of sixth density. They're not yet forever. They still have memory, Ra said. In seventh density, they'll have no more memory. So initially, again, um, the work would be called a restraint uh, of, of that which is harmful or restraint of, you know, to say the restraint of mo mental modifications. Yoga means, this, the, the Sanskrit root, root of yoga is yog or yuk, yuk, which means um, uh, to yoke, Y-O-K-E, to restrain. So that's yoga as restraint as a yoking, like yoking the ox with, uh, you know, a harness or something. Uh, that um, is ultimately associated with samadhi rather than control. And so the way to restraint uh, that's not based on control and grasping <laughs> would be the way to non-arising of citta vritti or uh, samskara. And so... Uh, in samadhi, there's one-pointedness, calm abiding, concentration, equanimity, focused mind, awareness without grasping. Um, that itself is a restraint of, of mental modifications or mental activity. But it isn't the ending of consciousness. And so the ending of consciousness or seeing that consciousness itself or dualizing, dualized awareness which is consciousness, which is subject-object, or relationality. We talk about this many times. To me, that, you know, and Ramana Maharshi says, you know, with ahamkara comes the creation of the world, meaning the outer world is born along with the arising of a sense of self. Because the sense of self is an identifi identification process. I'm here, you're there. I'm here, and everything else is over there. There's here and there. There's me and you. There's this and that. That's differentiation. That's actually fashioning experience. But that's based on consciousness, but it's different than... Um, it's a fashioning based on consciousness. But at the end of the way, um, 
<laughs> even consciousness is seen as a fashioning. And so um, that's why in Buddhism, the term samskara, which is, again, fashioning, fabrication, composite, volitional compounding of, of conceiving, uh, that term is not only the fourth skanda or a mind function, but it's also uh, a description of all dharmas, all dhammas, all, all that appears to be an individual entity or a thing, uh, all, all uh, you know, people, places, and things, uh, material objects, energy fields, anything that can be differentiated is also a samskara, meaning it's composite and it's um, ultimately a fabrication or a fashioning, and it's illusory also. <laughs> it's, insubst- it's anatta also. Uh, and so even consciousness is a fabrication based on um, ahamkara or self-conceit and restlessness. And so with the ending of, you know, you, you see when these things are, are realized fully, I assume, they no longer even arise, meaning the entity is not even fashioning uh, self-conceit because there's no restlessness. And therefore, it's the cessation of the whole five skanda set. There's no more consciousness. There's only unlimited awareness. So we have to be careful how we use words. So let me see your question here. Is yoga also union? Um, Well, yoga is uh, theory and practice. right? Yoga as a system is a theory, set of theories or views and a set of practices um, which are the application of those theories towards a goal called moksha or liberation or self-realization Ramana Maharshi would say or mukti or complete and perfect enlightenment or uh, the union of Atman and Paramatman as Nityananda would say or becoming one with God, or becoming one with all, or <laughs> freedom from all limitation, you know, return to source. Um, so yoga, then, is a system of theory and practice, uh, whose goal is uh, freedom from ignorance and suffering, um, and the cessation of all becoming. The standard translation for citta vritti is mental modifications. <laughs> Look at um, what various great teachers have said chitta is. I mean, Nityananda has something to say about chitta also. And so he knows chitta vritti. He talks about that. Uh, <clears throat> and so if you say that chitta is consciousness, um, then you can say what? Um, yoga is the restraint of activity of consciousness? Well, that might be confusing, but to say mental modifications um, or chitta as mental activity or fluctuation, mental flashing, mental vibration, that is not the same as consciousness because it's, um, it's thought forming. You know, there's a difference between consciousness and thought form. Thought form is, in my understanding, closer to chitta, mental activity mental um, functioning while consciousness is is to me the basic sentient function and again in Buddhism which has to be brought in there is a difference uh, the, the mind is divided into three functions or there are three skandhas of the five skandhas 
that are particularly related to mind. Perception, samskara, and consciousness. So there again is a difference between a mental fashioning function activity, samskara, fourth, and consciousness, fifth, which, um, and see, Hindus also have the word consciousness or vijnana. So what's, you know, ask a Hindu teacher, what's the difference between chitta and vijnana? Vijnana is translated as consciousness, and chitta is not. Nichananda actually translated as chiddakash. Chidda, C-H-I-D-A, same as C-I-T-T-A, same as C-H-I-T, same as C-H-I-T-T-A. <laughs> so, you know, you gotta gotta look at those things. Uh, Nityananda had a whole, you know, in awakening song, or many, many, actually, it's many, many utterances from Deep Samadhi um, that were compiled to be called the Chidakash Gita. Chidakash is Chitta, Akasha, uh, or mental modification space, or mind space, or heart space. Chittakasha was called the heart space in the head. <laughs> All right? So, uh, there, there's many different, there are many different views and translations. So, thanks everybody. Um, have a good night. Take good care of yourselves. And um, see you next time. Bye-bye.